Anyway, we're talking about your spiritual scorecard this morning. So if God should ask you about your spiritual well-being, what will be your response? It's a vague question, isn't it? Because in reality, how do you measure spirituality? You know, when I counsel people and I'm having chats with them, one of the responses or the kind of responses I get is that, oh, pastor, I pray now. Praise God. Uh, I study my Bible once a week. I come to church. I'm serving. And if I must bust our theology a bit, that actually is not spiritual growth. That's not spiritual growth. The fact that you read your Bible every day does not mean that you are growing spiritually. You can pray 10 hours. does not mean that you are growing spiritually. All these acts lead to spiritual growth, but in itself, they are not spiritual growth. Because the devil is also in church more than you. The devil knows the Bible more than you. Does that mean that spiritual well-being of the devil is positive? Nada. Are you with me, church? All these things, they add up, they are the exercises. Because I go to the gym every day, does not mean that I'm healthy. Do you get it? They add to you being healthy, does not mean that you are healthy. Jesus Christ, let us look at scriptures. Because once in a while, it's important that all of us, we sit down like this and actually make this assessment. The amazing thing about it is that I cannot assess for you, you cannot assess for me. Everybody has to judge themselves. Everybody has to check themselves out there. And do you know the amazing thing? You cannot even compare your own notes with the next person. Because the measure of grace that everybody carries is different. There was a law that nobody will go, if you're not a priest, you cannot go into the um, holies of holies and even touch anything, you're going to be leprous. But the grace on David allow him not just to get into the place, but also to eat of the shoe bread. So because somebody did it, does not mean that you can do it. So the grace on everyone is different. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 31 says, If we will judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Galatians chapter 6 verse 4. It says, But let each one test his own work. So this morning, that's what I want to take us through. Every one of us testing our own work, not the work of your neighbor, not the work of church, your own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. So you won't say that, oh, at least I'm better than this person. No, you will boast in yourself whether you are better with yourself or not. So this morning's message is, I would love to make it like a workshop, but I, I, they've told me, they restricted me with time. Because I actually printed a few things that you're going to use to do your own spiritual scorecard. Are, are you with me? If my time allows, we will do it. Amen. All right, ushers, please let me pass this around. Let everybody have one. Then we'll talk about it if I get there. So there are so many ways for you to measure spiritual growth. Just give it to the ushers. They will sort it out. Matthew chapter 7. Let's take our text from there. Matthew chapter 7, 15 to 20. Matthew chapter 7, 15 to 20. I would expect two things to be happening. I would expect that you have your jotter, your pen. Is that okay? I would expect it this morning that you have your jotter and your pen because I want to move very fast. If we are going to do this, I want to move very fast. Is that okay? Matthew chapter 7, 15 to 20. 
Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree, every good tree bears good fruits, but a bad tree bears bad, bad fruits. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. The evidence of your spiritual growth lies in the fruit that you are producing. Are you with me? Whether you are growing or not is dependent on the fruit that you are producing. All we, see, fruits are things that are visible. They are things that are seen. Because that scripture says you will know by their fruits. Right? They are the things that you produce every time. They are the things that people around you can actually testify of, whether you are or you are not. They are not desires. They are not, um, they are not, they are not things that you wish for. They are the things that you exhibit. And if you are judging yourself, if truly you are looking at yourself this morning in the mirror of the word of God, then you'll be able to know whether you're actually growing spiritually or not, or whether you're stunted or you're retrogressing. And I pray the last two will not be any portion, the portion of anybody in this place. In Jesus' mighty name. See, are, let me tell us quickly a few questions that you need to be asking yourself as I'm speaking to you this morning. And these are the questions that you must ask yourself on a daily basis. If you want to grow spiritually in God, you must ask yourself every day. You must ask yourself how the three C's, constantly, continuously, and consciously. So it's not a matter of assumption. It has to be done every time, continuously and consciously. Number one, you must ask yourself daily, how closer am I to God? Am I as close to God as I used to be? Or am I closer to God Less than I used to be. See, being close to God is not knowing about God. It is easy for us to know the scriptures, to read the scriptures and know about God. The question is, are you knowing God? Is God knowing you? Can you comfortably say this is what is in the heart of God for now? If you rate yourself between a scale of 1 to 10, where will you be on that? In the last one year, do you think that you have known God more? or you have known him less? That's the question you must always ask yourself. The second question you must ask yourself to know how well you are doing spiritually is that how much are you becoming more like Jesus? How much more are you becoming more like Jesus and lesser like you? Because you cannot be more of you and more of Jesus. Your vessel is a constant, like this bottle. It's either you become empty or you become full. It cannot be the two. So the question you have to be asking yourself every day is how much are you becoming more like Jesus? How lost are you in Jesus? How is it like when it comes to things of, when it comes to things of your life? Is it, who defines who? Do you define your Jesus or does your Jesus define you? Is your life defined by Jesus or is it the other way around? My Jesus has to be like this. Your 
put Jesus in a box or do you wake up every day wanting to please Jesus? The first question is, how closer are you to God? The second question is, how much are you becoming like Jesus and lesser like you? you must, it must be less of you. When, um, what's it called? When John the Baptist was going to speak about Jesus, he said, I have to reduce and he must increase. You have to reduce on a daily basis. Your will, your desires, your aim. Do you know that, I remember last year we were doing, what's that thing that we did? Vision board, right? And to a large extent, in a lot of the vision board, God was just one corner. This year, as he increased, as the quadrant increased, or maybe he's not even on the vision board. Number three question you must ask yourself, what are people seeing, hearing, or feeling about you? It's a reflection of who you truly are. One of my daughters, this one, I was speaking with her. And she said, oh, I don't understand. I can't think about any interest that I have. I said, why not ask somebody else? What do they, what do they think that you're interested in? Because at times, people's opinion, while you don't build your castle on them, it's a reflection of who you truly are. See, the people that are closest to you, if they have to be honest with you, what would they say about you? There are times the people that are closest to you will not even think that we are Christians. If you're being honest with yourself, because they are the ones that you say, oh, and I want to go to club. Oh, yeah, let's go to club. They, they're those people that you think actually hold your secret the most. If they have to be genuine with you, they will tell you that they don't see Jesus in you. Ask yourself that question on a daily basis. What will my wife say about me? It's easy for me to come to church and everybody thinks that pastor prays. Pastor, because how will you know whether I pray? All I can do is come to church and say, oh, praise God, oh, my God, I pray every time. And you will believe because you are believers. <laughs> but the reality of it is, oh, what will my wife say about me? What will my son say about me? Ask yourself that question every day. Ask yourself, the people that are closest to me, will they follow my Jesus? Will they really follow my Jesus? You know, that's why at times your friend don't want you to talk to them about Jesus. Because you don't want to follow your Jesus. You're not a perfect example of Jesus for them. So you don't want to follow it. You don't want to follow your own Jesus. That's why it's it. But today, everything will change. The fourth question you must ask yourself is, how much are you doing for Jesus? Are you still doing the same thing that you were doing for Jesus last year? Or are you not, have you not increased it? Or has it reduced? It's a sign of backsliding. How much are you doing for Jesus? Or are you about what Jesus can do for you alone? Pastor, I fast. Yeah, you fasted because of you. When was the last time you fasted for a soul to be won? When was the last time you actually came? I challenged Pastor Modiari that we should hold a vigil to just intercede for souls to be won on this island. Let's see how many of you will show up. How are you promoting the things of God? You know, it's easy for these generation Christians to talk about what is not working in that church or what Dr. Free said or what Dr. Liquid said. But the things of Jesus, they will not promote because they don't want to be a nerd. But when, it's come, when it comes to promoting the negative things about the kingdom, they are quick to talk about it. 
measure your Christianity with that? If it is your business, will, it be, will you be happy that somebody is promoting the negative? Listen, there's no church that's perfect. The only church that's perfect is when we get to heaven. As all of us are looking gallant and amazing this Sunday, you know there's so much skeleton in your cupboard. The same way it is with church. Every church, every, nobody has a perfect understanding of God. So at times you're going to get the doctrines wrong. At times you're going to get it wrong. At times, you, most churches, we don't have the full understanding. That's why knowledge is progressive. Knowledge is progressive. Sometime back, they thought that there were only how many planets? Nine. After a while, they reduced it to eight. Confucian said it, they brought it back to nine. Now they realize that there are so many planets. Knowledge is progressive. What you thought you knew changes tomorrow. Because we don't have, because God, the manifold wisdom of God. Because there's many facets there, a base facets of God's wisdom. How many have I given us now? Four. Number five question that you must always ask yourself continuously, constantly, and consciously is that how is your zeal to the things of God? Are you still as zealous? When you got born again, you wanted to do everything in church. We had to call you back. That easy. Now you are so busy that, hey, we now have to beg you to do the things that you once wanted to kill yourself for. And guess what we call it? We call it wisdom. It isn't. Wisdom. See, let me tell us, a, a, a standard was laid for us in the scripture. Psalm 69 verse 9, when David said, categorically, the zeal of the house of the Lord had eaten me up. That someone is on fire for God. I wrote in my note, I said, zeal speaks about action. Right? Murmuring and complaining on the other side is just words. It's easy for me to say, oh, we should do this, you can do that, you can do that, you can do that. That's when I'm talking to my wife, that's why I say, don't just give me what we should do, do it. Isn't it? That's what Nike said. Do you know what zeal does? Do you know what zeal does? Zeal sees everything that's not working as an opportunity to fit in, to solve a problem. The, or anything else is complain. Because everything that you see is because God allowed you to see it. So ask yourself that question. Ask your zeal for the things of God. Number six question you must ask yourself. How much fruit are you bearing? Jesus Christ gave us a typical example. He got to that fig tree and he looked at the fig tree and he realized, oh Lord my God, this fig tree is just so beautiful with leaves. The leaves were plush. The leaves were beautiful. You know, the same way at times, that's where our life is. God has blessed us with everything, with archbishop and side bishops, you know, and we look good. Our jobs are amazing. Everything is amazing. God's grace is just all over us. The glory is there. But come on, when God comes to knock, is he going to find fruit in our lives? In the last one year, how many times have you spoken with someone about Jesus? About Jesus. If you don't mind, can you take, Anna, can you take them to where the other young ones are, please? You have to go to your side. Sorry, celebrate them, church. 
Come on, I'm sure we can do better than that. When you were their age, you wanted to be celebrated, so celebrate them. Amen. God bless you really good. Thanks, Anna. How many souls have you won? Okay, don't even worry about winning, winning souls because now it appears that it's the Holy Spirit and Google that's doing the soul winning. <laughs> right? But honestly, how many people have you spoken to? I'm not talking about talking about to them about church. You know, it's very easy to invite people to church, which we don't even do, but let's put that aside. You know, I'm just talking to you about Jesus. You don't even know how to start. You cannot even say that, hey, Jesus loves you. Don't even talk. Why not just wait in T-shirts? Jesus loves you and wait on the tube. Rather than sitting down, I just, I just stick out your chest and just everybody can see it. We can't do that. Church, we need to move away from this cold attitude in the things of God. Jesus Christ, or Jesus, the relations that, that John had, he says, I'd rather that you be cold. He doesn't like lukewarmness. That it's better for you to just be cold. That if you, if you lukewarm, he's going to spew us out of, our, of his mouth. May that not happen to us in Jesus' mighty name. I said, may that not happen to us in Jesus' mighty name. The last question that you must always ask yourself, and this is a measure of how well you are doing spiritually. Because you cannot increase the measure of the Holy Spirit. Right? It is God that gives us the measure of the Holy Spirit as he wills. First Corinthians chapter 12 puts it. Right? But how is your spirit man developing? Your spirit man, how is it developing? That is the real measure of your spiritual life. And Paul, writing in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, makes us to realize something, that if truly you are developing spiritually, there must be some characters that we see outwardly. Are you with me? And if you are not developing spiritually, that means it is the, your flesh that is developing. One of the two is developing at every point in time. And those are the things that is written in the sheet that is being given to you. So now you can pick that sheet. So I'm going to rush through it quickly. You have two minutes, not two minutes, one minute. You know where it says initial score? That is to the, if you're looking at the sheet to the left-hand side, quickly score yourself your initial score. Score yourself quickly. On a scale of one to ten, ten being like, my God, I'm Jesus. And zero being like, oh God, you need, I need help. It is whatever score, whatever score you put is fine. But you just put a score there. And you don't need, nobody needs to see your score. It's for you. Mm-hmm. It's for you. And there's no talking because I'm going to continue to preach. The reason why it is important for your spiritual man to be developed and to be growing, one reason is because the stronger always dominates the weaker. If spiritually, your spiritual man is not developing, then your flesh will always dominate you. This is the reason why all of us fall into sin. Because our spirit man is not stronger than the flesh. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 8. I hope you finished. 
says, for they, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life. Because the carnal mind is an enemy against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So if at the end of the day, if we are walking in the flesh, we can never fulfill the dictates of the spirit. Are you with me? So if your spirit man is not developing, guess what's happening? Your flesh is growing. And you know that you don't need to do anything for your flesh to grow. It is naturally fed. Just wake up every day and open your eyes. You just see, you know, see a beautiful woman with a poster, Petri girl. You are not even buying the Sun newspaper. Just get on the tube and sit down. Somebody's opening it beside you. It's naturally fed. And we feel that. All right, so God gave us two, I'm going to come back to why if you have time, but let us, let us focus on this thing. God gave us two measures of our spiritual journey with him, right? He said, if Jesus put it in two commandments. What are the, what's the first commandment? Sorry, sorry, come on. All right, so, in everything, in each of those things that is written there, we're going to measure them as unto God. You're going to benchmark it as how much you're doing to God. That's the first commandment, isn't it? The second commandment is what? Unto your neighbor. All right. So where you see order there is unto your neighbor. When I see your neighbor, people around you, when you see unto God, we come to it. So love, how much in the last one year Right? Would you have said that you've shown love to someone who, don't be quick to, to feel it, I will tell you when to write. When, to someone who is your neighbor. Jesus Christ said, if you do good to them that do you good, of what benefit is this? Even unbelievers do it. Right? So doing good to your neighbor now is someone whom you have nothing to benefit from. How much have you done in the last one year on a scale of one to ten? Right. If it is zero, just put zero. God is all true. Right? And if you think that you, I'm not talking about the better gift that you give to your friend, is your friend. <laughs> I'm talking about something charitable that you did. One winters we called, you didn't even show up. You know? There's not, you know, you are just living. How much help have you offered someone who does, who is not going to get anything from? On the other side of it is with God. How much do you love God? I love God 100% is a lie. Scripture says, if you love me, right? When you look at the scriptures, in fact, I did the research of this myself. When I looked at the scriptures, everywhere that it relates to the love of God, guess what? It was something that God was doing for us. It was only in one place that it was the other way around. When Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So, the measure of God's love this morning is how willing, your desire to keep God's commandments, write it on a scale of 1 to 10. You see, nobody wants, we don't want to write again. On the scale of 1 to 10, you write. Sorry? Mark Budo put it this way. 
He said, pursuit is the evidence of desire. So, if truly you desire it, you must be doing something about it. If you're not doing something about it, it's just a wish. And I'm not talking about, you know, the commandments. Everything that you think that God has commanded us to do, even your fighting and your offering. You might be paying, you might be paying it, but are you paying it legalistically or because you love God? You know, that's why it's only you that can actually measure this yourself. Why are you even in church this morning? Is it because of your fear of going to hell or because you love God? You need to keep asking yourself these questions. Do I truly love God? Listen, at times we've lost the focus of this love of Christ. It's not even now, we're just doing everything because we have to. Choir, why are you singing? Is it because you want to show your beautiful voice or because you love God? Those of us that are workers, why? Is it because we love God? You write it down. Number two. Point there. Joy. If, 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 if truly your spirit man is growing, right? Regardless of the challenges the devil throws your way, we must find joy in you. Right? And you know one thing about joy? People around you can actually say it. So, back to it. The people around you, how joyful would they recommend, would they say that you are? on a scale of 1 to 10? Or do you wear all your emotions on your sleeve? Do you come and share your testimonies only when things are good? But when things are not good, everybody has to become the liar. Everybody has to run to their tents. Please, no side discussion. You're distracting. Just focus and do your own. Tell your neighbor, do your own. Uh How joyful are you with the things of God? How joyful are you with the things? Does the things of God still give you joy or has it become a burden? Because if your spirit man is actually developing, if your spirit man is actually developing, listen, um, Pastor Richard was saying it in workers' meeting this morning, that when you read the word of God at times, and I concurred with it, at times it's like you're on eye as if you're taking drugs. Have you not read the scripture before that you see some, you saw something in the scripture and you scream, yeah, yes. You know, it sweetens you. You can't just explain it to anyone. Do you still feel like that? Right. Are we together? Long suffering. Well, peace, sorry, sorry, peace. Let's do peace first. That is straightforward, right? It, it, it's a reflection of actually the deepest part of you, your belief in God. Because if you believe God that says, say to the righteous, it shall be well, your soul will not be troubled about anything. Look at the one, last one here. Think about how troubled your soul was. Think about how troubled your soul was. Think about your peace with other people, other believers, other unbelievers. Right. 
while I thank God for the life of our sister who challenged the person that was trying to intimidate her, right? But she kept her peace. I was talking to a friend of mine and I said, every time you're speaking with someone or speaking about someone and you cannot, you can't speak about the person and smile at the same time, it's called bitterness. That's what you don't know. Bitterness actually shows facially. If you're talking about me and you're not smiling, you're bitter about me. You know, there's some people that when you remember you're talking about them, your face just naturally this. It's bitterness. So to your neighbor, how peaceful are you? With regards to the word that says God, Jesus Christ gave us the perfect, um, in fact, when you look at the Beatitudes and the fruit of the Spirit, you can actually put them side by side. That's what I did initially because most of the Beatitudes actually fit into um, the fruit of the Spirit, right? Jesus Christ says, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called children of God. Hmm? How much peace are you making? When you hear that two brothers have issues, right? You are the one that spreads the news. Nothing. It's easy for you to say, hmm, can you see what pastor did? Are you making peace like that? Ask yourself that question. In the last one year, how much have you tried to make peace? Listen, even in the house of God. Or is it me that I'm going to tell Marilyn? Or if Marilyn comes to tell me that, oh, ah, I didn't like what already did. So, 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 so. What do you think I should do? Help Marilyn to explore a credit card, emotional credit card for her. So I should be telling Marilyn that, oh, it's just a matter of perspective. Do you get it? Or am I not? Because none of us who intends to do evil to the next person here, I will start praying for you. <laughs> right. Long-suffering or forbearance. How often, how much do you think that you've tolerated others this year? How much have you tolerated others this year? Because all of us have our nuances. I was talking to a, a daughter of mine yesterday, and I said, listen, all of us have our nuances. So if I'm tolerating your nuance, better tolerate mine too. It's called long-suffering. I believe to suffer for long. It's the fruit of the Spirit. When somebody is offending you or doing things that you don't like and it's causing offense, who did I say that to? I said it to somebody in this church. Every time you feel offended, it shows to you that you need to develop a fruit of the Spirit. So what you should be doing is thanking that person that made you offended. That thank you for showing to me that I need this fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I need long suffering. Sorry, you say what, sir? <laughs> it's a revelation. When you have that mindset, guess what it does? It helps you see everything positively. So what's your tolerance level? What's your, what's, what's your ability to suffer for long? To endure things? <laughs> On the other side with God, right? What about the promises of God? Are you giving up quickly? Are you giving up quickly? The things that God has said, are you willing to wait for it? Or 
Are you quick to be looking for second option? How about temptations? The Bible says that we should endure temptation. So you measure yourself in the last one year. Jesus Christ said we've not been tempted to the point that we are shedding blood. We'll get there in Jesus' mighty name. Kindness, depending on what transition that you put it, kindness. Just ask yourself a question. How many acts of kindness have you shown this year? Huh? Don't put your head on the table, girl. <laughs> how many acts of kindness have you shown this year? I'm not talking about, you see, there's no point, you see, all of us are brethren. What are doing good to those who do you good, even unbelievers do them? Just remember the story of the Good Samaritan. How many times have you gone out of your way to do somebody good? I'm talking about sacrifice. I'm not talking about when you have 20 pounds and you give one P. I'm talking about when you have 20 pounds and you have to go and borrow 25 pounds for the person. Sacrifice. You know, in church, we always say that we thank God for church. We always say that we should look for a way of helping each other, you know. But do you know that even to help somebody with their CV, to some of us, it's a big burden. It's a very big burden. Oh, pastor, I have to go home after work. Really? After you get home, what do you do? Netflix. Making somebody else richer. When you can make a bread then richer. No, it's the reality of it. So, right for God, right for the others. How do you show kindness for God? Just Christ said, because all these things are written in the scriptures, whatsoever you do for any of these little ones, you have done for me. No, it's not the same thing. Right? When you look at everything that Jesus Christ said, he says, when you receive a young person, when you receive someone who is doing the work of God. So, for example, I should relate to Brother Omar as he is now. Number one, as a child of God. Number two, the fact that this man stands up and labor on behalf of everybody in this church. Listen, how many of you, sorry, Brother Omar, I'm going to put you on the spot now. How many of you have actually ever shown kindness to this man who prays for you every week? It's never crossed your mind. I mean, what's comfort of the school? <laughs> so, who has ever shown the teachers after service? Ah, my God, that thing that you said. Meanwhile, they, they prayed all night. When you were eating Nando's on Thursday, they were meeting. What about people in choir? Because what you are doing for them, you're not doing it because it is them, right? You're doing it for God that is the them. Am I making sense? Show kindness to one another. Listen, at times, somebody is preaching or doing anything in this place, or even an usher staying there, and in your head, or you might have noticed that, ah, ah, look at that usher. Uh, what's that thing that ladies wear? Leggings, isn't it? Our leggings is torn. You know, that's the revelation that you need to buy one for the person. Rather than you thinking that, oh, how can she be dressing like that? Show kindness. And goodness is in the same vein. You give offering, praise God for your life. You pay your tithe, praise God for your life. 
for the things that pertains to God, the extra that you do on it is the goodness. Does that make sense? I've met people that says, oh, I'm a good giver. Praise God, you're a giver. Thank God for your life. In fact, some people will say their ministry is giving. Praise God for your life. But when you do an audit of their giving, guess what it is? It is their tithes and their offering. You are not a giver. You are doing everything that all of us are doing. <laughs> do you get it? The extra effort that you do the things of God is the goodness. The extra effort that you do for other people is the goodness. Are you with me, church? What is the extra that you are doing for everybody else? And while nobody in this church is, um, is, is our criteria, but I can pick up samples that people do that goes a long way to explain to us, Mommy Duke, if you don't mind, can I use you, man? Yeah? No, you can see that. You can use that. Goodness is this. Mommy Duke is extremely rich, and you shall be richer in Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. But do you know that oftentimes Mommy Duke will cook Right? If I should ask that, how many people have benefited from it? I've not even finished. Look, look, look around, look around, look around. That is goodness. That is goodness. Where's mommy? My mom. Thank you, ma'am. Since we started church, mommy has always bought food for the children's church every day. She's a retiree. That is goodness. That is goodness. Yeah, celebrate. Thank you for celebrating them. Now over to you. <laughs> Write your own. <laughs> hmm. Now the other one that is the most, the, one of the biggest one. Meekness and temperance. Or t- meekness and gentleness. Oh, faith and, Okay. No, I don't want to join it. Jump it. Faith is you believing in things of God or what God says and actually doing it. Right? So recall that. Faithfulness is how faithful are you to the other to other people? Do you get it? Faithfulness is about our own interaction. Right? Faith is you and God. Right? Hebrews chapter 11 talks about faith. So you know what faith is. You rate your faith yourself with God. But when it comes to other people, you know, I was sharing with a few people. And I said, we're in, a generation that, we're in a generation that has a big problem, right? That there are three or four things that are not taught anymore in schools. I don't know whether it's schools, whether it's in homes. When we're growing up, we did social studies. You know, those of us that grew up in where education was. In this country, I don't know what you did, but God bless you for all that you did. Right, but I realized something that the thing that is called loyalty, we don't know it at all. That's why a young person will think that it's okay for me to diss my own family. Your family is the best thing that ever happened to you. It doesn't matter, even if it's if your father or your mother is, is an abolist, they're the best thing that's ever happened to you. You have to be loyal, you have to be loyal. You cannot prefer another family than your family. If you do that, it's not proper, it's not godly. You're challenging the position of God. People don't understand what loyalty is. Guess what people don't understand again? What commitment is. You don't understand it. And guess what? These two 
is what faithfulness is. So you ask yourself a question, right? How loyal are you? How loyal are you to other people? To your family, to your spouse, how loyal are you? To your country, how loyal are you? Last week, we were doing the national anthem, so people refused that they're not going to sing because they're not loyal to our country. How loyal are you? How is your commitment? How is your commitment? Are you going to say that, oh, pastor, I will do it today and tomorrow you are out? If you want to know what commitment is, why not ask? Oh, I was thinking about somebody to bring in today. Why not ask an army officer to teach you what commitment is? Even to the, to the death, to their own death, they sign that, you know, I'm committed to this course. It does not matter if If Donald Trump comes out today and says, hey guys, we're attacking Russia, it doesn't matter whether the army officer believes in it or not. It's commitment. Amen. Next one, meekness and gentleness. We did meekness in School of Disciples. Adult school in Sunday school. Who remembers? They said when you have power, hmm? You know, when you were not rich, you were very humble. It was okay to obey instruction, right? It was okay to be told what to do. Now little power has come into your hand. You are now married. Hmm? Everything has changed. You don't think that all the other girls in church, they don't know what they are doing. Are you with me? That is meekness. How do you undo power? When you have the opportunity to show your workplace, your, your, your colleagues that you are the boss, how do you do that? Do you correct people in love or are you judgmental? Right, for others. What are temperance and self-control? I don't think I need to overbeat that right. So quickly, add the two together and put on this side. So add, when it says total on each line, add it and put on this side and total everything top down. So for love, you're adding others and God together, you put him there. Are we done? And you add everything together, done like that. So what this should do to us is to tell us, you know, you did the initial one first, isn't it? And I, later you now did this one. Number one, 
compare the two. It will tell you whether you are overrating yourself or not. Or whether you were overrating your spirituality before. Does that make sense? That is number one, or uh, the one part of it. But what I want to bring out there is, have you totaled everything? Total everything top down, right? And divide, well, you can do the division later. But this, please, do me a favor. If you're just going to take the picture and store your phone or keep the paper, so that at least by the time we are doing the same thing next year, we can know whether you are progressing or not. It should be your scorecard. It should be something that you wake up every day and you think that, oh God, how is this being? How is it going to be? How are we going to do this? Now, let me quickly bring this in. You don't achieve this by works, right? I can't wake up today and say, oh, today I have to love. You have made it work, right? No, no, no. That's not, because it's a spiritual work of the spirit or spiritual fruits, right? It is, see, if there's a fruit, there has to be the seed. It's a reflection that you are not paying attention to your spiritual man. It's a reflection that you are not working in the spirit. Because of time, I want to throw a challenge to us. Not this week, next week Wednesday, right? It's in, 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 what's it called? Bible study skyline. I will talk to Ross about how to build your spiritual man. Now, does that make sense? How to build it. Now, what you've done is your spiritual scorecard. You know where you are. The question is, how can I get better? It's not by works. It's not by saying, oh, today I'm going to have peace. In fact, that's the day that the minute you come out of your house, somebody will just eat your car. Then we know whether you have peace. It's not like that. It's not based on works. It is based on you yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit fully to complete His work inside of you. Am I making sense this morning? Please go ahead and just talk to God this morning. You know what your score is. Why not talk to God and say, Lord, you know, why I sang that song that says, I need you. Why not talk to God and say, God, I really need you to walk in me. I really need you to walk in me. Because the day that Jesus Christ comes, these are the things that Jesus is looking for. Pray to God that God, when you come, let me be perfect in you. Talk to God, church. Talk to God. Let him hear your voice. Remember, it is only the Holy Spirit that can help us develop these fruits. Not based on your works. Based on the, just the Holy Spirit. Go ahead and talk to God.